you're listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. Uh, Hey, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today we have another quote. Chad, what's that quote today? All right. The quote today is by Richard Branson, and it's a big business starts small. Well, it's straight and to the point. And I, I think, <laughs> you know, like sometimes the best quotes are the ones that are just so obvious, but you just you have to you have to hear them. Sometimes you have to say them. And yeah, um, the, you know, this is someone who has a small business talking to someone that has a big business. But even in the lens of what you do, you're not the biggest. Oh, business out there. Right. So, um, maybe before you dive in, I'll just ask you, Chad, do you think you have a big business or a small business? (laughs) I think it's, um, compared to what it was on day one, it's really big compared to the people I look up to. It's a tiny little grain of sand on a beach. (laughs) So where, where do we take this, Chad? When, when, like, when you think back to when you started your business, did you think you would be the size you were today? And and if you did, was that day one or was that maybe day three hundred sixty five before you you felt that you know there was something to the size of your business? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I think uh, it's it's kind of interesting that this is the quote that we're using for this week because today I had someone ask me, you know, how how did you do it? How did you get it to this level? And you know, it's kind of funny because I used to be able to give you a good answer, you know, especially in the very beginning. It's like, oh well, you know, I I make ten phone calls and I book one event and I I go out and I you know I try to take forty teams in a weekend and and that's what happens. But today it's 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 really hard to answer that question. Like the the way it, the answer to the question is, how did I get to today? I did it one day at a time. Yep. You know, I think that's the only the only answer. And you know, we we just crossed off problem after problem, and you know, we would solve one, and then when you solve one, it creates ten new ones. I mean, you know how this works, but so, yeah, I think I still look up to, you know, Peter, obviously, and, and you know, the way that he builds a company. I mean, what, where we're at today is if he if he started there, he would be probably, you know, that, that's probably where he would want to start. And yep. that to us has been the result of years of work. And so, yeah, it's all relative, man. I don't know. How about you? I mean, do you consider your business to be small? I mean, what, what do oh. you consider your business? Uh, you know, and oh, man, here comes a a whole bunch of conflicting ideas. You know, the the first one is that by virtue of me being here at year two, like even though our size is just, you know, two full-time, you know, partners and a whole bunch of uh, really flexible freelancers, the fact that we're this size, I have my eyes set on, you know, not the, not the 50 million plus a year agencies, but bigger ones, right? Like big enough to where it makes sense because, you know, like having just enough partners that we work with, right. And we can give them incredible amounts of value rather than being like, I've worked at really huge companies and you just, you see the fall off on service and, and what the partner ultimately gets. So to answer your question more directly, we are humbled to be on this beach in the first place. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of saying it. You know, and I think it's important to point out um, small and big. We're not relating them to necessarily money because 
profit and profitability, like there are there are companies like a prime example. Let's just take Tesla Motors. OK, obviously, you know how much I love Tesla, but Tesla Motors, while they have a market cap, you know, and I don't know what it is today to be accurate, but, you know, 600 billion, 700 billion dollars, they don't really turn a profit. So if you if you want to look at business that way, I mean, you know, we turn a profit. So, yeah, you know, I mean, so I think it's important to just clarify what is big business versus small business and every business starts small. Well, you know, I think for for my business versus yours, Drew, I mean, we've talked about this many times. We like my company has a lot more moving pieces and it is in my eyes, it's very difficult. It's a difficult business to build. Because we do have so many parts, you know, and it's like to give you an example of when we were smaller, you know, we were buying frames from Michael's. okay, and Michael's Arts and Crafts. And, you know, there was the the reason it all stopped is Michael's decided to take their frame production and we were buying these glass frames. And I don't even know if I ever shared the story with you, Drew, but we're buying these glass frames and they had they all of a sudden shipped us these frames with this like I'm, I'm talking like a millimeter thick sheet of plexiglass and so the frames went from weighing like six pounds to weighing like a pound okay and so all of a sudden it feels like the wind would just blow it away like a kite and yeah. um but it reminded us of how small we were and and the fact that we didn't have any control over it you know michael's made that decision and all we could decide is are we going to buy from michael's or not yeah you know and then so then it was Okay, we found someone locally we're going to buy from. Well, then they decide to raise the price on us. And again, there's nothing we could do. So then we decided to build our own frames. Well, like building your own frames, it does solve the problem of having a consistent price. Okay, it solved the problem of having consistent quality. It definitely solved that problem. But what it created was now you have to have a facility to build these frames. You know, and then you get into this facility and then all of a sudden you start doing stuff. And now you realize you have to have dust collection systems and you have to have double miter saws and you have to, you know, have all these safety standards and all this stuff that we never even thought of. All we thought was just a frame. It's like a frame, you know. And so then, you know, obviously today it's evolved to where we bring containers in at a time. And so while... While that seems simple, this is is a prime example of a problem we're dealing with right like as of today. So the first container we ever brought in from China, the container itself cost us a little over three thousand dollars in freight. And the one that we shipped um, that's coming that'll that'll be in the water uh, maybe this week um, cost us over twelve and a half thousand for the same exact thing. You know, and so. Like, I never thought that politics really mattered. I never really thought that an administration mattered, things like that. But all of a sudden, man, like the taxes, the tariffs, the all the things that they add to this stuff. Now, here we are finding ourselves, you know, because we're not small. Small was we just went to Michael's and bought 20 frames, you know, and right. today it's we go through thousands of frames a month. Oh, man, no, that's sorry. incredible. <laughs> no, you're probably hearing no. frustration in my voice, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, that's, that's so incredible. Like you used the right word because, you know, thinking of podcast long ago um, and, and help me finish this quote, Chad, but you, you could tell a lot about a business by the quality of its challenges, quality of its problem, it's quality of its problems. Yeah. Right. And so I, yep. to some extent, uh, like when, when I think about where our company is going and the, the bigness of where it is, and you're right, it's not it's not necessarily a dollar value. It's 
the challenges that a big company has that a tiny company doesn't have. Like I haven't had to worry about figuring um, health, health insurance policies or, you know, or hiring people to manage people that I'll only see for, you know, one time in a week, you know, like at that scale, at that size of bit of, of bigness, word or not a word, um, (laughs) you know, like it's a, it's a measure of the challenges. Whereas the, the tiny company we have today, like what was the challenge I had today? Um, no, no challenges today. <laughs> no, no big problems today. Don't, don't be envious, Chad. Um, but you know, like, so, so, you know, hearing, hearing the change in, fr- in frame, uh, in frame solution providers in the frustration is just a, it's a sign of the size you are. And, um, man, look at these major companies, you know, like what was the, what was the consulting firm? you know, it was Deloitte or one of those major consulting firms that was coaching pharmaceutical companies, how to sell more of their painkillers. Um, you know, like in their, their lawsuit, you had, had a B or an an M and the amount of punitive money they had to pay, right? Like that's, that's huge company challenges, but, uh, you know, let me, let me turn this into a, you know, another train of thought, which is, you know, you as the listener, thinking of your coffee shop and Chad off camera mentioned this earlier. He said, look at Chick-fil-A, look how polished they are. Like that's a real big company. What is it like to you? What is it? What is the difference between starting the best single franchise, single unit chicken place in two States that people drive, people will drive five hours to go show up at your place versus owning the company of Chick-fil-A, you know, like, you know, size isn't even a matter of, of the number of units or SKUs or dollars you have. Like, so how do you quantify big, not using those things? Like, is it impact in, in the society? Is it, is it that more people know you and you have more, um, you know, people who want to come and eat your, your, chicken or come drink your coffee. I don't know. Like it's, uh, you know, like I, I know we're thinking so much about the first half of this quote, but the, I mean, in the end of the day, every athlete started as a child that couldn't do one push up. you know, like every yeah. business started as one business, uh, you know, and just a, a whole, whole array of thoughts there. <laughs> well, I think, I think something that we see today, Drew, more than probably in the past is because we have such, you know, such immediate access to information and success stories and things like that. So many people, they want the get rich quick. That's really what people, you know, so many people that are starting out, that's what they're hoping for, you know, and I, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Peter, but he said, you know, Chad, there's a reason that they write about these guys in magazines because it doesn't happen very often. OK, and so it's so few and far between that you can write about it in magazines. If it happened all the time, they'd never write because you don't see people writing about, oh, so and so bought a car. But they used to when it was a rare <laughs> thing, you know, it's things like that. And I think today. Whenever, you know, whenever I I help people and students that are starting out, the one thing you always want to remind them is, listen, this is a one day at a time thing. And what you're doing at the end of the day is you're betting on yourself. 
And you know if you're a good investment or not. And you know what what makes a good investment in a company one that's built to pivot, that one that adapts, one that's open minded, one that's open to the possibilities of the future. Uh, you know, one that focuses on supply chain, one that focuses on you know obviously customer first things like this. I think if you have all of these focuses in mind. Big business is inevitable if it's something you want, because if you want it, if you know, if you want it, you make it clear and you state it into the world. Well, then all of a sudden you'll start taking the appropriate actions to make it big. So and not to not to ramble on this topic, but just to give you an example. So for me, you know that my goal was always my goal has never really been about money. It's always been about the difficulty of the, the industry that I went into, and it's never really been scaled in the way that I'd like to do it. And so I just wanted to see if I could do it. So if it was just about profit, I made way more profit running, you know, only a handful of crews and teaching, teaching those people how to make design and, and do the designs on site. But today everything's automated. Okay. So what we did was we took all of the money that we were making and instead of keeping it, we invested in ourselves and we invested in the future and we invested in because the goal was always to do it all over and to do it without having to communicate. You know, basically, it's like having a system where if you have to talk, you have a problem. We're going to have to save that one in the quote bank. <laughs> <laughs> do you know of any like do you have any stories of, um, you know, because I, I'm looking at the world through my lens and, and Chad, I know that, you know, you've you've got. Um, lots of different things going on. Do you have any 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 stories of other small businesses who you know they made it big or they they broke halfway through? I'm I'm you know just thinking off camera the the quote you mentioned before about Chick Fil A. I thought that was I thought that was quite nice. Yeah, you know, um, I've seen I've seen a handful of businesses you know make it, but again, it it's all about the founders and the people leading the company. What is it that they want to be? I mean, not everyone. Not everyone wants a huge business. You know, there's a local um, karate studio near my house and the, the guy that runs it, we all attended, uh, my wife, myself, and my kids, and we became good friends with him. And, you know, we got a chance to talk to him recently and he was talking about how his business is simple, you know, and his business is as big as he could ever ask for it to be. He makes a lot of money and he has very little headache. You know, and he's uh, approaching the age of he's, you know, contemplating retirement or, or what that will look like for him. And so for him, he never had a desire to have three studios or 10 studios. Whereas for me, like his his life and his his problems are envious, OK, because they're basically non-existent. However, mentally for me, that just wouldn't do it for me. Like I, I would get way too bored and I, I enjoy the challenge. Right. Of, but I say that from from our age, you know, Drew, and, and we're younger where it's more fun for us. But we, you know, as we get older, who knows, maybe that's what we would want. Something simple that's efficient, that works and puts out a good product. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm getting to the age now where thinking back to high school is becoming <laughs> a bit difficult. Um, yeah. You know, beyond the milestones. I worked at Walmart. I was a cart pusher in high school. And uh, I remember people that had worked there for 25 years or 30. I think it was anything over 20. You got like a gold, a gold name tag. And if you're 10 years, you get a silver one, you know, and I remember thinking like, man, it's hard for me to imagine that this is all there is to life. 
And it was just tough for me to swallow because I think I look at my work and what I get into is a lot less about money and a lot less about, um, I, I don't know, less, it's more so to me about the quality of my life and these people that had worked there for 25, 30 years, they didn't love Walmart. And I also find that I learn a lot more right now. We're working on, you know, we're putting, uh, we're working, actually, you can appreciate this. We're working on a lot of marketing. And so we have started working on um, obviously retargeting ads and things like this, but also acquiring information from our customers on site and then um, follow-up emails and beta testing what are not even emails, but phone numbers and text messaging and, and what works the most and things like that. But if I worked at Walmart, I would never have the ability to work on all of the pieces ever yeah. because yeah. there is no position there because they're already big and they've compartmentalized everything to the point where they hire experts in that compartment or that department or whatever you want to call it. And that's that's their lane, you know, whereas I enjoy starting a business and getting to learn about a bunch of things. Absolutely. And though, though just like, you know, you just like me, those those people that have been at those places for 20 plus years, um, they're not the CEO. You know, we've got family and friends and, you know, those are life choices that they've made. And, you know, like seeking comfort, not the quote today, but seeking comfort is, is it's a powerful human nature, right? And if, if you, the entrepreneur, the soon to be entrepreneur, you know, whether or not you're going to fail or may succeed, you're going to start small. I think it's important to point out that while all businesses start small, all big businesses start small, if you start a business small, when you if you start your next business, the good news is it's almost like you get to carry everything forward. So yeah. the second business you get into starts with much, much higher velocity and has a much shorter time window of staying small. So, for example, uh, recently I've had a you know a fun opportunity to get into a unique business with a friend of mine who uh, breeds snakes, and he you know he had he had some food needs, and we had an opportunity to to join up on this. And he is very young to the business world, but yet the, even though I've only you know my primary business has always been posters, all of the stuff I've learned is carrying over and that business is able to scale so rapidly because of the knowledge I have on how to scale a poster company. You know, I have directors often ask me, man, if I could just, you know, hire someone in this area. And it's like, dude, right now alone, we are hiring and I'm pretty sure it's like nine cities right now. You know, we're hiring 44 positions and they're trying to figure out how to hire one person that could run a rink for them in a city. And I think like, it's so easy because I've done it so many times, it, I don't even think twice about it, you know? And I mean, Drew, you know, we hire freelancers. I hire freelancers like weekly and you hire them all the time. And it's so, it's so simple now because we do it, but for someone who has no idea. So I have a friend who is in medical sales. Okay. And the other day he and I were talking, this is probably like three, probably two or three weeks ago. We were chatting and he was talking about his day. And how much time he um, spends researching. So basically what they do is they research. I, I don't know. We'll just go with plastic surgeons or something. So they all have territories. They have these salespeople. They have territories. They research plastic surgeons. They send them an email. 
trying to sell them some product, okay, whatever it is that they're trying to sell. And so I said, well, how much time do you spend researching? And, you know, and he's like, ah, like 40 to 50% of his day and week is spent researching. So for me, I obviously am very good at research. I use a lot of people to do lots of research because we research events all over the country. We have a lot of stuff going on and we utilize platforms where, you know, I mean, you're familiar with Upwork and some of the other platforms that we all work on, 99designs, things like this, where we can find people. And so I, while he and I were talking, we got off the phone and I said, you know, whenever you're looking for these places, what are you looking for? And he's like, X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I go on, I post a job ad for someone to research this specific thing. And um, within 10 minutes, I had probably 20 applicants and they're all from third world countries. Now, before someone like jumps off on this and thinks that I'm a horrible person, remember they set the wage, not me. This is a place where they set it. I can agree to it or not agree to it. And so there are people that in the world They live in remote parts of third world countries where a dollar is a lot of money to them. And so $3 an hour is really good money and they make proposals on that. So I hired someone at three bucks an hour to do this research and I set up a Google doc. And so um, I reached out to my friend and I said, hey, I want to show you something. I said, I'm going to send you a link. And this is by the end of the day. I had done more research while eating lunch than he had done all day because he does a little research then he sends emails then he does phone calls. So I had these guys do all this research for one week and they researched more in one week than he could research an entire year. And so, but it's just because of how fast and how, how much I understand. I mean, Drew, you and I've had a lot of things that we've talked about similar reaction, you know, like we just jump on things quickly. Yep. And that's incredible. That's thinking like a, an entrepreneur or someone who's, who solved a problem like that in a, in a different, not in a different way. Um, man, no, that, that's incredible. Um, it scared him. Yeah. He didn't, I said, listen, I said, I think you should, you know, because then I, then I'm all about yeah. automating the emails and drip campaigns and multi, you know, then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, really? And he goes, no, yeah. dude, we like, I, like, what do I, what do you mean? Show my bosses so they can get rid of all of us. Yeah. You know, and it's like, like I told him, I said, listen, it's better to bring the idea than to let someone else bring it. Because if you bring it, you're the one they keep. If you don't, there's a chance you're not. But, you know, obviously they're not going anywhere. But at the end of the day, that's that's what this all comes down to. Okay, yeah, we start small. But the when you start small, everything in your brain starts small. You start somewhere and then you chip away. And then the next time this problem comes up, why do you think there are consultants in the world? Because they've dealt with these these problems. And so for for someone like me, it's cheaper to pay them to tell me the answer than to try and figure it out on my own through trial and error, which I've done. Yep. You know, and so I think that's where it all comes down to. So, yeah, big business. What does that mean? Are we talking big profits? Are we talking efficient, fast, quick to market? Are we talking, you know, big business means simple life. You don't have to work. Well, you know, this is a really good example. I had a neighbor over the other day and her daughters, uh, she just got accepted to SLU, actually. I was really proud of her med school, uh, their medical program. But 
we were chatting, you know, and, and her mom was talking about, uh, I think she's in the, in the teaching world. And so, you know, she was talking about a pension and this and that. And she was talking about how, you know, the goal is, I, I don't know what it was. I'm just going to use some random numbers. Okay. But like the goal is to make, I don't know, $6,000 a month. Okay. At retirement. And so, and this is, this is what I explained to her. So we used to have this quote, Drew, I used to have it on the back of a business card I had that said, do not confine your children to your learning for they were born in a different time. Okay. And what I, what I explained to her daughter was very simple. I said, look, your mom's goal is to make $6,000 a month or whatever it is. And she's putting in 40 years of teaching to do this. Okay. If I wanted to make $6,000 a month, let me explain what I did. I bought my first rental property. I put $7,000 down on it and I make a profit of $1,500 a month. So on that formula, all I have to have are four properties and a total of $28,000 down. And I could do that in like 12 months and have $6,000 a month forever. And I, don't, I can save the 40 years of earning a pension. You know, like that, like what, what you just said and like the difference between people who think like that and don't think, think like that is a, is a terrible gulf. And it wasn't until this last year that, I, you know, like I, I think I mentioned this before I opened up the, the Prescott uh, spreadsheet of life and I was projecting the future and I was looking at, well, what is retirement? And I was like, wait a minute, why, why would I do this thing versus that thing to get to the same amount? And so the, the point, the point I is that, well, the double point is first, um, exactly right. Like don't confine your children to your way of thinking. Secondly, that these, these small businesses, like only your first handful need to start out as the second, as these small businesses, because like you mentioned, the next business that you start is you're going to bring all of these learnings over and it. And you're gonna have a network of people who support you. You're going to have experience. You're going to cut your teeth on all the mistakes. And maybe the second or the third business is the one that grows. If, if that's, if that's what you choose. Yeah. I mean, Drew, just think about the power of listening to this podcast. If you only take one thing out of it, you can take out of it that I can take $28,000 and buy four properties and make six grand a month. And retire tomorrow. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Take you. Okay. So people are like, well, it's really hard to buy, to buy those properties. Is it? Because it's really not, you know, I mean, you have to figure out how to buy one and all you have to figure out really quickly is your first one. You can do an FHA loan where you put your know, first time homeowners. That's number one. And then you can if you put 20 percent down on a property or 25, I don't know what the exact number is today, but you put 20 or 25 percent down. You can then count the rent income as personal income when applying for the next loan. It's not even your money, but the property brings that money because you're <laughs> buying technically a business. And it's that fast. OK, but it's not just it's not just rental properties. I use that as an example because it's easy. OK, I mean, right now, the best investment I've made recently are in those, you know, Drew, I mentioned this to you, the little cryptocurrency mining rig. You know, um, right now at this exact moment, I, and I'll tell you the exact number. But today I've had this thing for it looks like 18, 19 days. OK, so I'm going to tell you the exact investment. I've had it for 19 days. And um, it cost me twelve, a little over $12,000. And right now I'm making $64.75 per day. And my total payouts have been $1,077.65 in 19 days. Okay. So you think about this. 
this is uh, like the property that I have that's $200,000 that we make $1,500 a month on. I have to deal with renters, tenants, lawn care, maintenance, roof, windows, all that crap, right? This cryptocurrency rig, you plug it in. Yeah, it's a little hard to figure out in the beginning, but you plug it in and I'm making the same amount of profit on a $12,000 investment and it just runs forever. I mean, I don't know how long, you know, obviously I'm not recommending cryptocurrency, okay? But I'm just saying right now, the return on investment on a good investment is 10% a year, 20% if you're really killing it. I have made 10% in 19 days. And every <laughs> single like five days, I'm getting a payout. It's crazy. You wow. know, but again, that comes from not being afraid to, you know, to look into different things. I mean, look, there are peer-to-peer lending platforms that you can do where you can gain interest on your money. Like if your money is sitting in the bank. In 2021, and you are an avid saver, I I, I am going to go on record saying that's probably the biggest mistake you could ever make because there is no chance on earth you will ever get the return sitting in a bank that you could get even in a dividend stock at worst case scenario, a super you know stable Coca-Cola dividend stock. But there's so many places to put money. Even small amounts of money. Like, look, this cryptocurrency mining rig I have. Yeah, I have 12 grand in it. And people are like, well, I don't have 12 grand. Well, you know what? You can start with one. I have eight. You can put one out there. Now, all of a sudden, this whole thing costs you like two grand. Yeah, you're not going to make $65 a day, but you can make $8 a day. And that's all of a sudden $200 a month. For some people, that's a big amount of added income. Yeah, that's a that that almost $70 a day is... Uh, if, like what? What is that divided by the uh, what's what is minimum wage? I actually have no idea what minimum wage is. Eight dollars an hour. Let's just say it's eight. Yeah. So let's call it 70 divided by eight. I'm basically getting eight point seven five hours a day for free. But dude, the thing is, this thing runs 24 seven, 24 seven. It runs. I used to wait tables for less money than this, man. And I used to work for that money. I know you can relate because we've had a lot of waiting table conversations. Man. My kids, um, yesterday I was taking my daughter, we were driving. And so we we give them each a hundred bucks a month, and the kids are able to buy stock with it. Well, my daughter asked me if her and my and the boys could go in on a gigantic um those big bouncy houses. And she wants to call it bouncing bouncing birthdays. And she wants to instead of putting their money in stocks for the next few months, they want to buy some of these gigantic blow-up things and they want us to set a site up for them so they can then rent them out on the weekends. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but you don't have a car, so that would be my problem. But still, the fact that that's what they're thinking of taking, you know, 600 bucks and they could buy one. She's like, we could rent this thing out for 200 bucks on Saturday and 200 on Sunday, and now we've made 400 on our 600 dollars. You know, and that, that's what I'm getting at, Drew. There's so many ways yeah. you just have to accept and open your eyes to the fact that there are a lot of ways to make money. Let's lead this into next week, Drew. Do you do you happen to have our quote for next week? Yeah, Chad. So the quote next week is. Opportunities don't happen, you create them, said by Chris Grosser. This has been another episode of the Poster Boy Podcast, brought to you by utproducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book.